I'm reading from Deuteronomy today, chapter 30, verses 15 through 20. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity and death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways and observing his commandments, decrees, and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous, and the Lord your God will bless you with the land that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and holding him fast to you. For that means life to you and length of days, so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. The reading of the word. Thanks be to God. The new... The New Testament reading this morning is from Matthew, chapter 5, verses 21 to 37, concerning anger, concerning adultery, concerning divorce, and concerning oaths. You have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say, you fool, you will be liable to the hell of fire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and first be reconciled to your brother or sister. And then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are on the way to court with him. Or your accuser may hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out until you've paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that anyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with him, with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than for your whole body to go into hell. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that anyone who divorces his wife, except on the grounds of unchastity, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely 
but carry out the vows you have made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is in the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything more than that comes from the evil one. The reading of the word of Matthew. Let's join together in a prayer. Let us pray. God, humble our hearts on this day that we might hear your word to us and that we might respond in community with thanksgiving, lifting up all our brothers and sisters. Amen. Quite a passage we had for today, right? This is in our lectionary. It continues the uh, you know, Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 and following. Uh, and it, it asks us some pretty hard things. And I'd say over the centuries, Christians have come up to numerous responses uh, to this you know, sermon by Jesus, by uh, this image, this vision. Allow me to ask you some questions on this day that might help us to, to get closer to the heart of what Jesus is inviting us to consider. To be poor. Jesus talks a lot about poverty. To be poor. Uh, does that make you a follower of Jesus if you're poor? In and of itself? To mourn. A lot of us have heartache. A lot of us uh, are missing dear ones. A lot of us have had moments in our life where a grandparent, a husband or a wife, a dear, dear friend. But to mourn, does, does that make you a follower of the risen one, of Jesus? How about to be merciful? To be meek? To hunger for righteousness? Do these things make you a follower of Jesus in and of itself? If this was a Jesus follower checklist, would you make the grade? Is this about checking the box? There's nothing so satisfying as being able to check that box. Sometimes it's either a good thing or a bad thing. You ever gone to the doctor's office and you got all those boxes and questions in there to check the box. It's good when your ailment, the thing that's bothering you, is on that on that list. So you can just check it off. Hey doc, this is what I got. Check it off. Or it's even better to be able to say, hey, none of the above. None of the below. Well, what's on that Jesus checklist? Does Jesus have a checklist? That's maybe the bigger question for us today. I would suggest that the Sermon on the Mount, which we heard today, is not not a checklist. It's not a cookbook. It's not a recipe. The Sermon on the Mount is not the rules for being a Christian. Perhaps, perhaps the diversity of gifts named in these Beatitudes 
perhaps they are descriptions of what will be present in the community of those who have heard the call to discipleship. It's not a checklist, but a description of those who are called. Indeed, to learn to be a disciple is to learn why we are dependent upon those who mourn, those who are meek, though we might not possess that gift ourselves. This is good news, because as you hear the Beatitudes, we might think to ourselves, well, I'm not poor, I guess I can't be part of Jesus' kingdom. I guess I'm not mourning right now, I must not be part of Jesus' kingdom. Or we go the other way. Or we go the other way. This is probably more common. We rationalize and say, well, what does it really mean to be poor? To be poor must be that I make under $80,000 on my IRS you know, federal statement. To be poor must mean that, oh, it must mean that the positive thing, that I give away all my excess wealth. We rationalize what that description might mean so that somehow we can get in. I would declare to you on this day, I would preach it. I would preach it, brothers and sisters, that the Beatitudes suggest the possibilities that we live life together. It's not about you as an individual. The Beatitudes are not a specific question to you, except to the degree that it says, are you willing to live in community? Are you willing to live in a community of faith and lift up the poor, to lift up the meek, to lift up those who mourn? This is expressed in the antithesis. You have heard that it was said. You have heard that it was said, but I say to you, I say to you, what we have heard today describes the kind of community that the law requires. Jesus never says the law goes away. No, the law is fully lifted up. It is not about individuals being saved, however important it is for us to declare God, through Jesus Christ I am saved, but it is about the life that we live and share together in community as God's humble people. Jesus charges members of the church, and this is one of the things that kind of struck my eye and stayed with me. Jesus charges members of the church to confront those whom we think we may have sinned against before we go to the temple, or in our case as Christians, before we come to the communion table. He does not say that if we think we have been wrong, we might confronting the one we believe has done us wrong. Jesus tells us that we must do so because the wrong is not against us, but rather it's against the body. The body cannot be complete unless you have made reconciliation with those that there is anger or judgment or you have a problem with. It's not about us as individuals. It's about the whole body. The body is hurt if you do not have reconciliation. How often do you live your life thinking as a body? Thinking as a shared identity? It's not about us as individuals. It is about us as a community of faith. And as a community of faith, with the poor, with the poverty, with our hunger, with, with our, our needs and our wants, we know that we do it together. We are not alone. 
Jesus describes a participation in the kingdom that is so demanding, that is so demanding that we can lose these other things that as individuals can dominate our, our thoughts, can dominate our hearts. Things like lust. Things like material wealth. I love this Hank Williams Sunday theme because we heard about this 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 uh, you know materialism that can so dominate our hearts that wealth is wealth going to get us into heaven? No way. But somehow in our individuality, even within the individuality of our families, we can think that hey man, wealth is going to save us. If I build up my IRA, if I get enough on my paycheck, I'm going to be all right. But that's not the truth of community, communal living. That's not the truth of God's kingdom. Freedom. Freedom is only offered to us through this sense of shared identity as God's people. Where we lift one another off, when we share each other's burdens, when we pray each other's prayers, when we come to God with honesty and integrity. Oftentimes in our world... And I say that in a broadly worldly kind of way. We oftentimes are, are asked to, to provide our oaths. In what circumstances are you asked to give an oath? Oh, I promise. I swear. Oftentimes it's in connection with our government. Uh, oftentimes it's when we go to court. We must, we must swear we're telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Oaths are a sign, are a sign that we live in a world of lies. That the truth isn't being told. If we could trust ourselves to tell the truth, not only to others, but especially to ourselves, it would be a different world. And this is the world that Jesus invites us into. A world where we don't have to have oaths. In fact, because the truth is the truth, and we just say it, it comes out of us. We don't have these these little things that we we hold on to to keep ourselves safe or to hold money on to to keep ourselves safe. No, we know that we're sharing as a, a part of God's peaceable kingdom and that we're in this together and that our word is our word and our truth is our truth and our yes is our yes and our no is our no. Jesus is saying to us that when we are present with one another, We are present to one another because God is present with us right here, right now. Through the power of Jesus, we are taught that Jesus is with us right here, right now. And so, let your yes be yes, your no be no, because Jesus is present with us. That is the new kingdom. If we try to compartmentalize our life and silo our life and say, oh, I don't have to do this all the time. You know what I do all the time? You know how I do this? I can lie to myself in terms of my diet. Petra, don't start preaching to me right now, Petra. I heard you had a great class yesterday. But you know how it is. Actually, Jennifer and I were talking about this. Man, when you have, when you have a way of preparing your body to be whole for healing, you can't, you can't cheat. You can't cheat. And you don't need to feel guilty about it. Just God is with you to help and support you into it so you can make the right decisions. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. In all that we do, we, we live transparently knowing that God is with us right here and that right now so these other little small things don't start taking over our lives. So we don't get consumed with this other stuff that doesn't really matter that much. And when we live in community... 
We forget about this little stuff that maybe is building us up, building our egos up, building our wallet up, making ourselves more secure because we know that real security comes, what? With living with one another. Living in a community of faith. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. It's about a choice. And that's what Moses called us up to that mountaintop long ago. What are we about as a people? Are we about life? Or are we about death? Jesus calls us to live face to face with God every day, choosing life. Choosing life from little things to, to big things. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And in so doing, we can live more transparently, more honestly. We can live with integrity, even if we fail, especially when we fail. We know that God is with us even when we don't have the perfect life. We don't have the the perfect resume, the perfect GPA. No, let your yes be yes, let your no be no. Because then you will know that God is with you. Jesus is with you. You will live into the kingdom of God right here, right now. On this day, let us give thanks that we are called to be God's people. Amen.